random thoughts and shenanigans. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us, only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for, and no religion too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. Now, I want you to imagine with me that there are no pedos. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for, and no Baptist too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. Now, for some of us, that's actually really easy to imagine. It's called heaven, and at that point, everyone will be a Baptist, so there won't be anything worth fighting over. But outside of that, it's actually impossible to imagine that there are no pedos or credos, and I don't even think we should try. Just like the poor, the pedos we will always have among us. Now, that's meant to be funny, but if you're among the curmudgeon among us, just switch the term pedos for credos, and that should make you smile. But if you do, that will also make my point. My point for writing this isn't to pick on either pedos or credos, though I am sure there is much to pick on. You pick the camp. My reason for writing this is to give some realistic reflections on the last few years and the local and national migration patterns that have occurred and the ecclesiastical shifts that have subsequently followed. The COVID-19 crazy and the Looney Tune shutdowns that followed are responsible for much of this. As many believers found themselves without a church or worshiping online, but then I repeat myself, they were forced to ask themselves some pretty tough questions, particularly regarding worship and denominational structure. Many were just looking for a faithful local church that was open and was within traveling distance. As much of the church world was sounding their clarion call for unity, which was shorthand for, just do what we say, which looked exactly like what we were being told to do by the government, many were actually experiencing the joy of actual church unity. Actually, for many, this was for the first time in our lives. They found themselves worshiping side by side with others from a differing denomination. The most common example of this was with Reformed Pedos and Credos, this for obvious reasons. They agreed on the majors, and as the state remained public enemy number one, so too did their focus on Christ. These same patterns didn't just happen locally. Over the last several years, many conservatively-minded people have been fleeing from liberal-run hellholes, and in their new home state, they have found comfort and joy in worshiping with other like-minded believers, with the exception of the issue of baptism. In some respects, this is absolutely wonderful, and many of us felt the very real joy of church unity. And all of this without pedos needing to pay reparation to credos for murdering them in the past. But this brings up some very real concerns, and we all need to be honest with ourselves about what they are not at the expense of church unity, but rather so that we can actually have church unity in the times that we are living in because it will be increasingly important. My fear is that if we are not honest about these things, then we will find ourselves fighting embittered battles within at a time when it is most necessary to be fighting dragons without.
The fact of the matter is, Pados and Credos, at least of the Reform persuasion, have much in common. I think most would say that we both major in the majors. This can provide for great unity and sweet fellowship at special times and in special ways, and praise God for that, and can also provide for great security in times of great upheaval, as was the case over the last few years of gross and abusive state overreach, especially when much of the church, Pados and credos alike, went along with this madness. Many found more like-mindedness with either Pados or credos that stood up to Leviathan instead of being molested by her. Again, I think all of this was wonderful, but at the end of the day, changes nothing about either camp. Yes, Reformed Pados and Credos agree on much, but what they disagree on is massive. So massive, in fact, that many Credos were murdered by Pados in the past. Not to dwell on that point, though it is one that probably shouldn't be overlooked so quickly— My point in saying that is simply that believer baptism was seen as such a great offense to the church and the state, church run by Pados, that it was a crime punishable by death. Now, what has changed? Absolutely nothing. However, now there are no Pados clamoring for the execution of Credos, at least that I know of, and praise God for that. But at the end of the day, neither camp has changed. Pados still believe that Baptists are withholding the blessings of the new covenant from their children against the direct command of Scripture. Baptists still believe that Pados have minimized the potency and power of the new covenant administration of Christ. We have much to be thankful for regarding the Reformation. We just wish they would have kept going and pushed back against the state just a little bit more instead of kowtowing to her on the issue of baptism and then coming up with a convoluted theology to support sprinkling babies. Baptists still believe that Pados have not been baptized against the direct commands of Scripture. And both have some big disagreements on the nature of the new covenant and what the church is. Pados would say, yes, but we both baptize unbelievers. To which the credos would say, yes, but you do it by volition and we by accident. Now, my point being, there are Pado churches and there are credo churches for a reason. Can we get along? Yes, absolutely, when we have to and under different roofs. Should we all be willing to reach across the aisle? Yes, absolutely, but this implies an actual aisle that exists and for good reason. During, or maybe I should say, through this COVID mess, which still seems to be ongoing, being on the 15th variant now, there were many displaced refugees, but it's important to note that they are refugees. Pados may find themselves welcomed at a credo church and vice versa. This is wonderful that they find themselves welcomed and loved, but it is equally important to note that they will always be refugees unless they change their position on this issue. As a country, we welcome refugees into our country and want to help and care for and minister to their needs. However, unless they assimilate, they will always be refugees, essentially outsiders and aliens. It's very much the same way in the church regarding the baptism issue. 
even if one were to be accepted into membership into the local church where they differed on this issue, they would and could never be fully accepted. If the church maintains the integrity of their confession, how could they be? Now, I have heard a lot of pastors today brag about how their church is filled with credos or pedos or vice versa if they are from a differing camp. This is well and good as far as it goes. However, I have also heard many declare that these are things that are things that they are not going to fight over and that church unity is more important than stuff. This is good as far as it goes. However, we need to be honest with ourselves and stop all the patronizing nonsense as if anyone is really a pan-baptist. No one is, and their confession certainly is not. The fact of the matter is, someone can only make this statement for a couple of reasons. The first being our distraction with a greater foe. When we are all fighting for our lives, it's pretty easy to prioritize things. When the tide comes in, None of us are thinking about the rocks on the shore. And second, the reason there can be unity is because of the integrity of the confession and because of the size of the refugee encampment. That is, all the refugees know that they are operating under the sovereignty of a foreign government, of which they are willing to submit to in order to have safe haven. They are not forced to compromise but neither are they able to challenge. If they were, refugees would then become occupiers. Also, the size of the encampment matters. It's one thing to wax eloquent about being a pan-baptist and about how much church unity matters and stuff, most regarding these things and the like when you're the one in the majority position. However, When you've taken in more refugees of a different persuasion that are not going to assimilate, I guarantee your tone will quickly change. Just like it is very easy for Northerners to be bleeding heart liberals with regards to immigration until they move to a border state. The fact of the matter is, these are refugee encampments, and praise God that they have found a safe haven, but let's be honest about it. Are these pedo churches that are waxing eloquent about church unity and about how they have credos in membership going to be happy when the son of a Baptist, who is still a Baptist, wants to marry a pedo's daughter? Will they allow it? Will they bless it? What about if the refugee encampment grows to an uncomfortable size? Will that pedo church consider planting, putting resources towards a Reformed Baptist church in the area in order to accommodate these brethren and sistren that they love so dearly and to better maintain the integrity of their own confession? And these are questions that apply equally both ways. The reason I say all of this is because I think many are holding a hand grenade and they are going to find themselves holding on to it for too long. The reason both camps, Reformed Credos and Pedos, can have unity is because both are able to come to the table because of what they agree on without compromising what they don't. All of this is able to occur when local churches are willing to reach across the aisle and link shields together. Again, Praise God for that. And again, this is all possible because of a common enemy that looms large. However, when the tide goes out, which it always does, everyone sees all the rocks left on shore. And in typical 
good Reformed fashion, we start chucking them at each other to try to kill each other. In love, of course. I am sure that many churches are already experiencing this and are trying to find some type of peace and balance in the midst of it. It's a problem to turn a molehill into a mountain. That is, to treat little problems like they are massive ones. However, the opposite is also true. You don't want to pretend that a mountain is a molehill, or that a massive problem isn't really that big of a deal because unity and stuff, or because your church is growing and it feels really good. If every time when your brother opens his mouth, and every time he puts pen to paper, he is talking about baptizing babies and the covenant, well, we all know then that that is a hill-to-die-on issue for him. I know that that is very important for my brother, but I also know that I am probably not changing his mind on this issue, and that it is stupid and unrealistic to think that this is not going to become an issue in the local church. Now, I am not saying that pedos should never become members at a credo church and vice versa. There are legitimate reasons for this to occur, and it has to the great profitability of many. Praise God. But these are generally isolated occurrences, that is, a family here and a family there. But to my knowledge, we have never experienced the migrational shifts that are now occurring. There are great blessings that will go along with that, but there are also many challenges as well, and we would be stupid to minimize them or to think that the last specifically 500 years of church history don't matter. Imagine there are no pedos. It's easy if you try. Imagine there are no credos. Above us, only sky. The sentiment sounds nice, but at the end of the day, it is retarded. The more we pretend like this isn't a very real issue, the more we can expect this to blow up in our faces. The leadership of the local church is responsible for administering the sacraments in accord with their confession that they believe to be most in accord with the will of God and the word of God. This includes baptism. You can't have a community within a community saying, yes, but you're wrong on this for any length of time without that blowing up. Would it be wonderful if this were not the case? if in some way and someday we could all come together in perfect peace. Yes, absolutely, and that day is coming, of which we can all rejoice, but that day is not today, and we should not be Pollyanna-ish about that. Imagine there are no pedos or credos. It's easy if you try. Well, no, it's not.